everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers, One Mike, Season 5, Episode 12. Today we have with us Ron the Pharmacist. Tony, Ron, how are we doing today? Fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I never mean, know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I never, Joe, when, when we have a guest, I never know you, you could, because you asked that question at the same time. And I'm like, I'm going to try to be cordial and allow the guest to go first. But then sometimes the guest and myself just look at each other like it's a stare off, like who's going to go first. You got to be more specific in that, in that introduction when we have a guest. And you two got to figure it out for yourselves. I can't, well, my, it. I'm not the well, moderator. I'm just the second brother. That's it. Well, okay. <laughs> There's a little more involved than that. But, um, Folks, we just got done doing the show with the camera off, not because we knew we knew the camera was off. We just started talking about all the stuff we wanted to talk about today, and we've already covered everything. So, thank you. Good night. We're uh, done. See ya. We're, Bye. We're all done. Yeah, it's um, dinner time. Yeah. So, anybody who I, I mean, it's it's I don't think it's necessary at this point to go through um, who the individual is that's with us today. This is I haven't looked, Joe, but in the ninety plus episodes we've done. This has to be, and Ron, I don't know if you know, this has to be between five and six or maybe even seven shows that you've done with us now uh, from six. pre-workout. What is I think it? it's six or seven. Six or yeah. seven, I think. The pre-workout series alone was three. Um, the creatine, you, we talked about that. We had our introduction show with you where we talked all about your academic background as well as your years of experience, which add up to just over 30 years now. Um, we've talked about... Um, what was that? What am I missing? Is there an episode I'm missing, Joe, between the creatine episodes, the pre all oh, protein, protein supplementation, um, and protein drinks, uh, which we may bring up in today's show just a little bit. If anyone listened several weeks ago, and again, you know, I, I put this show on in a time, at a time uh, situation, Joe, because someone could be listening to this three years from now. Uh, but if you would go back several episodes. Uh, maybe I could say that. Um, you will see that we, uh, both Joe and myself, talked a lot about uh, PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs, and how they affect the sports world right now and how they have affected the sports world for decades now. And we gave our insight just from what we've known, maybe from what we've read about, maybe from what I've known just a little bit about. But like I said in that episode, Joe, we didn't stay at a Holiday Inn. And we didn't even play a doctor or a pharmacist on TV. So it was only right that we have Ron the Pharmacist on. And uh, he couldn't make it for that show. And we explained that whole situation why. So he's here today. And we're going to you know, we're going to go over a lot of the stuff we did in that episode. But yes, he's going to add just a lot more insight into that. And uh, we're just going to go with the flip. So, uh, you know, when we talked... Uh, in our first episode, and I know you've already listened to it. Uh, I think you listened to it, Ron, like the day after. <laughs> because yeah. You sent me a message like immediately and started telling me things about what, what it was we were talking about. Um, we talked, first of all, about the uh, selective androgen receptive modulators, SARMs. And that was one of the first topics we talked about on the show. And we said on the show, both Joe and myself, we're not going to get too much in detail about them because we don't know a whole lot about them uh like you do as a pharmacist uh with the amount of experience you have i know they're anabolic in nature uh and i know there's uh i think it's rad 140 if that rings a bell is is one of the products that are out there that uh from what i understand when i looked at this product rad 140 actually causes a tremendous amount of muscle growth after the first few doses, um, SARMs are extremely dangerous. And I know there's a lot you could add to that as far as what it is that WADA, the World Anti-Doping Association, uh, throws up the red flag to when it comes to athletes, or for that matter, anybody taking them uh, as far as the sports world is concerned, or just everyday life. What, what is it about SARMs that are extremely dangerous? Well, first off, you know, what they actually do is they help increase bone density, they help increase strength, uh, and they help increase muscle mass. Now, a true SARM, per se, is an investigational drug. So things that are labeled as SARMs on the market, from what I understand, are a similar compound to the investigational, but it's not technically a true SARM because 
they're actually not approved by the FDA. And uh, any of these products over time, you can have liver failure, heart attacks, stroke, you know, they're sold as a dietary supplement. And I'll be real transparent with this. I honestly don't see much of this in what I do. So if, if people are watching this and they see my eyes kind of go off to the side, I do have a lot of notes because I found a list of products, what they're called, like Testol and Cdine and Ibuta 677. You know, just like anything else, it, if they're not FDA approved, they're technically not, especially the ones that you can buy as supplements, they're not technically proven and they're not technically, they're not proven to be safe. So no thanks, no thanks. You know, it's, you know, they, they, they're kind of like a, a steroid, but they're not Stero steroids compared to these, how, how they bind to the body into the systems a little bit different, but they do have a similar effect, but the side effects can be just as bad. Yeah. And, and again, I was reading about this rad 140. It seems to be one of the more popular ones right now. Mm -hmm. And, and like I said, I was looking for something where it was going to say in the first few months, considerable differences right. are, are noticeable. It literally said in the first few doses. And I thought to myself, what in the world do they have in this product that, <laughs> that, that within the first few doses, you have a considerable difference and, and in, in terms of appearance how you look right. in terms of muscular density. Um, obviously, you can't see bone density, um, but but in terms of, you know, your muscular appearance, that's something that, that people can notice right away. And when you tell me after the first few doses, it makes me wonder what in the world is in this product that's causing that. And right. I could see where the FDA and where the WADA uh, throw up the red flag immediately and say, this is something that will not be allowed uh, not only on the market for everyday users, but, um, uh, it, or, or uh, as you said, it has to be used as a dietary supplement. I know with pharmaceuticals, if I'm not mistaken, you, you put on the bottle exactly what that particular product is used for. But when it comes to, uh, supplementation, you cannot put on the bottle exactly what that particular product may be used for. When it comes to something like SARMs, if I'm not right, mistaken. well, yeah, well, any type of supplements over the counter, you know, you'll see online say it's just, you know, Manuka honey. They'll have claims it does this, this, and this. But when you buy the product, all the claims, none of them are on there because they're not proven, they're not FDA approved, and just like these, they, they have their supposed uses. You know what I mean? And you know. In my opinion, if it's not approved by the FDA, especially something that's supposedly this strong, it's it's got it's got red flags written all over it. And especially since you know, especially with athletes, you know, if they're trying yeah. to avoid things or get them get them in trouble, just just stay away. They, they're you're not getting you're not gaining anything from this. And the thing is, it's a rabbit hole, though. You know, like you said, with this, what is it, Rad 140? If you start to notice effects within a few days. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're going down the rabbit hole because you're like, oh, I'm just going to keep going and going and going and going and going. That's that's just human nature. If you feel it's if if you see a physical difference, you're not going to stop, no. you know, and that kind that kind of rolls into like with steroids, too. But that's we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, we definitely will. Um, steroids, I think automatically people automatically fake. Uh, and, and I know we're kind of keeping it in, a, in the sports world, so to speak. Um, but immediately people think when you talk about performance enhancing drugs, anabolic steroids, that's the exact thing they go to almost immediately when there's, you know, there's a lot of other things out there that help, um, create, um, uh, an athlete that is, um, becoming bionic overnight in nature mm -hmm. and allowing them to perform, uh, 10 times more at, at higher levels than, than their counterparts than their peers. Um, and obviously the dangers that go with that, uh, are, are why, uh, these things are illegal, let alone, uh, I'm sorry, are you, a lot of folks out there might not think it's true, but it's, it's cheating. Uh, that's all it is doing. It's, it's cheating. It's, it's absolutely cheating. cheating. Yeah. If it's a banned substance and it, and it's, you know, you're using it, you're cheating. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's and, just, and it's just the way it is. 
and we talked in our last show about Lance Armstrong and how, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a cyclist, but it was amazing to see. Uh, and again, I believe seven, seven straight Tour de France's. I, I don't know that, that, that to me is insane when you think about it. And he also was a gold medalist. Um, and so it's a shame because all that was stripped away from him. And, and it ruined a lot of, there's a lot of young kids that were following him who had a dream of, of that same, that, that same goal. And I think that, uh, you know, you, you, you feel, I, I wonder what was, you know, is it after you win, you know, one time, then you feel like there's a lot of pressure on you and, and, and the way the world looks at you, I try to put myself in his shoes. Now the world's looking at me as the greatest cyclist of all times, one of the greatest athletes of all times. I'm on the front cover of Sports Illustrated. I'm on every major news station on a regular basis, ESPN on a regular basis. And now all of a sudden, I start to feel this pressure that I have to stay at that level, at that elite level. And what happens with some of these athletes? They continue to do things like he was doing. And, you know, what he was doing with, um, with, with blood doping and with EPOs, uh, when we talk about EPOs, we talk about erythro. Now, I, I say erythropoietine, but it's re- how in pharmacy school, how did they well, pronounce it? Well, I, I pronounce it erythropoietine. Everybody, okay. yes, but so everybody pronounces it a little bit different. Which one's correct? I don't know. There's so these compounds, it's like trying to show in someone your name that's never thought. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah. like if I if I say, I'll tell my truck, call Anthony Sergeantopoulos, and it'll say, calling Anthony Serengianopoulos. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> everybody's going to have a different outlook on how it's said. In, including your truck. Um, and that's why and, it's so easy just to say SARMs uh, and EPOs. So but here, yeah. I think what a lot of people have to understand is EPOs are naturally created by the body. Uh, it's secreted right. in the kidneys, uh, right. if I'm not mistaken. And so, well, here's the deal. Sure. The biggest thing with this, so like a true SARMs are investigational drugs. Well, erythropoietin, you know, th- these are approved meds. You know what I mean? Now, I usually don't see them in a retail setting. You know, you're going to see more of them in a hospital setting, like Procurit and Epigen. And, uh, I think one's called Mercera. You know, they're going to help uh, promote uh red blood cell count, red blood cell size. Uh, so it's going to cause more transport of oxygen into the muscle. You know what I mean? So blood doping for a lot of these guys, and I don't know if there's a test that really shows, you know, if you're blood doping, but these type of meds are going to be, in my opinion, extremely easy to get. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a world famous athlete, and, you know, depending on who your doctor is, you know, these aren't drugs that are investigational. They are approved by the FDA. So, you know, cancer patients use this, anemic mm-hmm. patients, you know, patients that have uh, certain types of anemia where the bone marrow stops producing red blood cells, you know. So these drugs are out there everywhere. So these are going to be the easy, probably the, I mean, as a prescription per se, they're going to probably be the easiest to get. And that's that's the thing that that we talked about also in the first show. It's it's the simple fact that a lot of this stuff uh, is illegal because of what it can do to enhance an athlete's performance or enhance uh, anybody's performance in general. But Mm -hmm. they are indeed used for medical reasons. Steroids are used for medical reasons. Uh, Yeah, like like prime example, anabolic steroids. They're they're given to for people like young men who have delayed puberty. They're given, it's given to cancer patients and it's especially given to like, uh, HIV or AIDS patients that have muscle loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my phone's going off. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> okay. That's all right. Okay. Yeah. My, my phone started blapping at me. I'm like, go away. Okay. So, you know, steroids, you know, anabolic steroids do have a legitimate use. And, and I have a story about that, that I'm going to tell closer to the end of the show today. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to hear from our sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we're going to continue here with our talk with Ron, the pharmacist. We're going to talk a little bit about diuretics. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps. 
perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Once again, we're talking about Kitchen Abs, but this time we're talking about their great selection of pancake mixes you can order right from their site. Now, whether you like blueberry cobbler, strawberry shortcake, they even have banana nut bread super cakes, you can rest assured Kitchen Abs has you covered. And maybe you're not a fan of all these flavors, or prefer something a little more traditional, then the buttermilk flavored mix would be the perfect fit for your breakfast. The best part about all of this, these mixes are made from scratch with top of the line ingredients that are all nutritionally balanced. And with up to 36 grams of protein per serving, you just can't go wrong. Now for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com, that's kitchenabz.com, and get started today. Welcome back, everybody. So, so far today, we have Ron the Pharmacist here today. And so far today, we've uh, began to, we've begun, we've begun to talk a little bit more about and get a little bit deeper into what we talked in a previous show, which I'm sure Joe will include the link to. Uh, it was just several weeks ago. Uh, so, uh, for those of you who are listening to the show, again, two years from now, it was just several episodes ago. So, you just scroll back a little bit to talking about performance and performance enhancing drugs uh, in sports and this is the show where we have a professional on ron the pharmacist who's talking about this in a little more detail than than joe and i did a few weeks ago and or a few episodes ago i have a bad habit of saying a few weeks ago not realizing that this show will be here nine years from now um and so we've talked about epos we've talked about sarms and even in the last show while we talked about diuretics and basically, can they be masking agents? Now, we know diuretics are used in a medical uh, field. And from a medical standpoint, they help to uh, rid the body of uh, an overload of sodium and water uh, for out of such uh, edema, uh, I believe, if I'm saying that right. That's one, that's one um, uh, unfortunate disease that if somebody has that diuretics may be used for. Diuretics such as uh, Lasix. Um, and, and I'm not a big, I, folks, I don't have a lot of knowledge about di- diuretics at all, except that it, it, what, what, and from a medical standpoint, first and foremost, uh, what are they used for? What other things besides edema? Pretty much. It's just, you don't necessarily have to have edema to be on a water pill. So say you have a congestive heart failure, your heart's not pumping blood like it's supposed to. You just have an overabundance of water in your system. So you could be, you know, looking at you, you could be on a water pill because you just have too much fluid in your system. It's too much pressure on your heart, it's too much pressure on your kidneys. So there's different types of diuretics for different types of disease states per se. So it's basically getting rid of excess water. Now you brought up Lasix, the generic name of that is furosemide. Now that's called a, a loop diuretic, which is a strong diuretic. And there's other drugs in that class, like Demodex, which is torsamide, Bumex, which is Bumenonide. That's a, you know, like I said, those are loop diuretic. It's a specific type. Uh, you have a, thi- a thiazide diuretic called hydrochlorothiazide. That's a, a moderate water bill. That okay. is, that's probably, in, in least where I work specifically, is probably the most prescribed diuretic because it's mild. I mean, some people, you know, if, you know, Say it's, you know, it's, you know, the woman's going through menses, it's her time of the month. You know, sometimes a doctor might put them on a water pill just because they're bloated. You know what I mean? Right. You know, then there, then there's a, there's another type of water pill called a potassium sparing water pill. Whereas, you know, the other diuretics, when you take them, your body loses potassium and possibly magnesium. Okay. So something like spironolactone is a generic name, brand name is called aldactone. It's potassium sparing, so it actually helps your body keep potassium in your system. So, you know, that's the t- that's the one that people have to watch. You know, if people are eating foods high in potassium, taking a potassium supplement, and are taking a potassium sparing, they can actually get too much potassium in their system, which can cause heart arrhythmias. You know, and just cause a whole a whole mess of things in your system. So. You know, they're very common, but in the same breath, they still can be dangerous if they're taken incorrectly or for a use other than what they're supposed to. 
So why, if you're an athlete, would you take a diuretic? What, 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 well, we created we the masking agent, but what, what does that mean? The diuretic is going to help get rid of, you know, say, illicit substances out of your system faster. Because say you normally, say you go to, go to the bathroom a ha- handful of times a day. Somebody's on a diuretic might go 20 times a day. So your body's going to get rid of what's in your system. And if somebody, and what a lot of people do is they might water overload, kind of saturate the system to pull stuff more, you know, you know, to their kidneys. So when they take the diuretic, they're just pushing that much more out of them. Now, granted, in the same, same breath, you know, have to watch some people can actually get dehydrated if they take too many, you know, so, but the, it's funny is this is kind of out of my realm. I'll be very transparent with that. You know, when it comes to athletes and when, how they, how they cycle this stuff, I have no idea how they do it, but they are pros at it because when you go and watch a Mr. Olympia event, there is no way not one guy on that stage is natural. And trust me, they're all taking something to mask something else. No, uh, we, 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 and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging them, but in the same breath, come on, let's be realistic. We, we talked about, uh, we did briefly in the last show, we talked a little bit about the 70s when you had your Frank Sane, your Franco Colombo, your Arnold Schwarzenegger, your Lou Ferrignos. Uh We moved into the 80s and we talked all about Lee Labrada and... and uh, uh, he's my favorite because he's Lee, short. <laughs> Lee Labrada, Lee, Lee's yeah. a short guy. Tom Platts uh, was another short, muscular guy. Um, you know, and then we get a, you know, Lee Haney. And then we get into the '90s when you had the big, the big uh, head-to-head battle between Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman. Um, those guys were giant, and, and so and you, when you look at them, you, you know that it's more than just making sure they take in uh, the right amount of protein per pound of body weight. Um, it's just not <laughs> natural, and and so you know that that's where we, me and Joe, were talking about, and just in our opinion. What happens there? Or we talked a lot about what happened with Major League Baseball with the home run chase um, uh, from one year to the next between McGuire and Sosa, and then Barry Bonds a couple years later hitting over seventy home runs. And you know what? You look at pictures of these guys when they're rookies, and okay, they're they're going to gain some weight, muscle over time with professional right. trainers at that level in the major leagues. But these guys become giant uh, over time. And I, like I said, Barry Bonds, nothing taken away from that guy's baseball ability. The, the guy is literally one of the greatest baseball players that ever played the game. But the guy gained every bit of close to 70 pounds of muscle uh, uh, over his career. And it's not even natural to gain that much in a lifetime for your average man. So it's just, it's crazy to see stuff like that. And, and, you know, it's very dangerous because of the things that can happen, the repercussions, uh, that happen as life goes on and you're no longer playing the game. You're no longer competing. And we're going to have a story that we're going to tell at the end about another athlete, uh, whose career not only ended, but so did his life all because of that. And um, I know we talked about Lance in the first one, but we were talking about somebody else here at the end of this show. Uh, we go from EPOs and uh, SARMs and, and <laughs> diuretics to dehydroepian drosterone. Uh, that's, that's how I say it too. Yeah. Uh, DHEAs. In the first show, I refused to even try it. Um, <laughs> DHEAs are fine with me. Uh, and again, like, like I said in the first show, ladies and gentlemen, I've talked to pharmacists, I've talked to doctors and they all tell me the same thing. They all pronounce things differently. It's why they have acronyms. It's why they shorten them up. Um, it's annoying. Doctors will tell you it's annoying to have to say all these long names and they, they blame the Greeks. They blame the Greeks for all of it. Um, but so with DHEAs now, this is, again, this is another naturally produced hormone. Uh, by right. the body, and uh, basically, it creates. Get, t- tell me if I'm wrong here. Basically, it creates other hormones in the body, such as estrogen, uh, testosterone. So, so what is it about DHEAs? I you hear anabolic agents. That's what you hear all the time when you when you hear from athletes. Well, 
they tell us there's anabolic agents in there and that's all they know. Um, right. I can't take that. What, what is it about DHEAs that makes it so dangerous? Well, the, the problem is with anything else, kidney failure, liver failure, it's, you know, when you start taking this stuff, you know, like a DHEA, like the main thing it's used for, it helps with fatty acid and carbohydrate metabolism. So when that stuff is metabolized, everything is absorbed into your system. Everything goes into your muscles. So once again, you have increased speed, you know, increased density, increased strength, you know, so it has a, it's not a, say a true androgen, but it has like an androgen type effect. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And for a lot, for a lot of people that, you know, they were, they were taking DHA, supposedly it helps speeds up their metabolism too. So they shred body fat faster. Now, then there's seven keto DHEA and, you know, minus it having the extra compound on it, the biggest thing with it, supposedly it has less side effects, but now seven keto DHA, you can find that everywhere. I mean, if you went on Amazon and just, if you write seven dash K, all of a sudden it just blows up. And the thing is, it's a cheap supplement. Like you can get a, probably a month supply for like 12 bucks, you know? And well, once again, you know, once again, there's claims not FDA approved, you know, it just, you're rolling the dice. Cause you know, I, I tell people when they, when they take supplements, you know, minus, you know, like a daily vitamin or like the basics, when, when you take all these other products that are supposedly performance enhancing, you know, there's really no true studies done on them. They all have their, you know, supposed effects and, you know, it, you're rolling dice. Cause you don't know, everybody's body's different just cause I take it and it works good for me, you will, you might have a whole slew of bad side effects from it. So yeah. once again, it's just, you know, and, and if it, if it does have, you know, supposedly it helps slow the aging process, which, you know, someone like me or you in our, in our early fifties, well, you know, that sounds kind of appealing, but once again, you don't know how it's going to affect you. No, you don't. And, and, uh, and we talked about this, I, I, I say off the air, uh, but, uh, when we talked about um, the uh, law that was passed in 1994, which, uh, boy, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in 1994, uh, it was passed to allow DHEA to be sold over the counter as a dietary mm-hmm. supplement. It was banned in 1985. Um, and then the what the part of the act that I read was there was a, an important um, uh, stipulation in there. And that was that when you sold DHEA from there on, you know, moving forward from 1994, moving forward, it had to state on the bottle that it was being sold as a dietary supplement. It could not list a specific reason why, uh, folks, when you buy pharmaceuticals, when you buy anything from the pharmacist that, uh, is prescription, it could on the bottle, it states what it's being used for. If I'm, am I right or am I wrong with that? No, no, that's not true. So like if you bought, if you get any med from the pharmacy, it, yes. it'll have the name of the drug, the generic name. If it's a, if it's a, some type of scheduled drug, it'll tell you it's a scheduled two, three, four, five. Okay. It never, it never has a labeled use on it. The only time it has a labeled use on it is if you actually give the information packet with it, okay. which if you open. If you open it up, it's like trying to read an Encyclopedia Britannica for ten years, and the writing's this big, and the and the piece of paper is like the size of a, a poster board. Yeah. But that's where it lists. So they actually don't state on the actual the actual you know bottle from the manufacturer what it's used for. Okay. And so boy, because with DH, go ahead. But it, and and I think the reason they do that because a lot of these meds have what's called an off-labeled use. Mm-hmm. You know, like give you an example, like a big thing in the media right now. Um, Ozempic. Ozempic is used by diabetics. Well, they're finding out Ozempic helps with weight loss. So now there's a national shortage of Ozempic. Nobody can get it. So most of my, 99% of my patients who take it for, you know, for diabetes can't get it because so many people are sucking it up for weight loss, which is actually an off-labeled use. And the company that makes it says, we don't prove it for this use, but that's what it's being used for most of the time now. I've actually seen signs around Youngstown doctors saying, oh, come get your Ozempic dose for weight loss. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Wow. 
Um, when it comes to DHEA, um, what we were just talking about, I did see, uh, I, I do know what you're talking about as far as the amount of studies that you see. Um, mm-hmm. there's, not, there's not a whole lot out there, but I did see mm-hmm. one study. I did see one, and I talked about this in the last show. They had a placebo group. And I can't remember the numbers. I can't remember how many were in the placebo group and how many were in the group that was taking seven keto DHEA. But over a period of either, it was either 60 or 90 days, the group in, uh, and that was taking the seven keto DHEA was losing on average 6.4 plus pounds a week. Mm-hmm. And the placebo group was losing between one to one and a half pounds a week, which is the healthy lifestyle that you want to. That, that's the number you're looking for, right? Um, and so the group that was six, almost six and a half pounds a week and gaining considerable, considerable amount, a considerable amount of lean muscle tissue, uh, sometimes exponentially more than, uh, the group that was in the placebo group. Um, and, and so that kind of raised a lot of red flags right there with the world anti-doping association and FDA, uh, because when a product is doing something like that and enhancing your your physique and your abilities uh, that fast, uh, it's automatically something that is probably not healthy. Um, right. And, and, and the thing that time, yeah. And, and the thing that's bad, the things that are bad about those studies too. So it'll say you have a placebo group, and then you have you know the controlled group with the med. Okay. But the problem is you really don't see. You know, well, what if the the placebo group were all pretty much healthy people, maybe need to lose a little bit of weight? Then the 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 medicated people, you know, are all obese. You know what I mean? They're putting them through a rigorous. You know, you don't see the actual parameters of what's actually in the study. They just say placebo. You know, let's say placebo, and then the active group. Well, you got to dig deeper. You know what I mean? Because there could be, you know, a lot of different variances just between the two groups, you know, ethnicity, you know, male, female, you know, is the one group substantially heavier than the other one. All of those little things add up. So half the time when you see so many studies, you know, you don't actually see what the study, you know, what it actually encompassed. You just hear, you know, active group, placebo group. Yeah, this this just happened to me not that long ago. We did a show. We talked about the fat-free mass index. And we were talking about where that should be. You see somebody yeah. on like a, a 0.25, that's that's pretty healthy. But once it starts getting to 0. 0.27, 0. 0.28, 0. 0.29, you start to question what's this what's this individual doing that their fat free their fat free mass index is so high. Uh, I think right. Arnold Schwarzenegger's was around 0. 0.32. I can't remember what the actual number was. And so the problem that I had with the study, and, and then I told Joe this on the show, the problem I had with the study was there were I did see how the the individuals that were in the one group, and they were 15 and 16 years old, a lot of them. They're not even fully developed yet. So right. it was hard to get a real, you know, uh, to get a, a real understanding of of what the true numbers were, because obviously if you're 16, 17 years old, your numbers are going to go, you're, you're, you used to have plenty of room to gain, as opposed to if you're taking people who are 22 23, 24 years old, which is, there are some people that at 22 years old are still growing. Um, that's not really the the norm, right? That's not the average. But uh, I, there are guys out there. Michael Jordan went from 6'2 to 6'6 six, six or 6'7 his sophomore year of college or his freshman year of college, 6'6, six, six, I think. So, I mean, people sometimes are late bloomers like that, not only from a height standpoint, but from a muscular standpoint. And so like, I know what you're saying as far as sometimes you don't know all the background as as what are the physiques like? What are the ages of these people? Correct. Uh, a lot of times so many don't show that. Yeah, there's so many parameters that they don't show. So it could be bogus right from the start. So, I mean, if before we talk here, uh, I have a quick story I want to tell today. And then we're going to talk a little bit. I, I think Joe's going to want to be involved in when we talk about the professional athlete, it was actually Joe who brought this guy up uh, in a conversation we were having not that long ago uh, when we were going to do this particular show with you. But if 
what what's the what's the in your opinion what is the overall theme of of this particular type of show when it comes to performance enhancing drugs so to young people out there more than anything older people it's a shame because we know better but when you get a 15 or a 16 year old who who is very impressionable right and sees these people whether you're a power lifter or a bodybuilder who's going to compete or a football player or a soccer player or a basketball player or a track runner what is it that they really need to understand um, as far as what can happen down the road from taking all these performance-enhancing drugs, especially when you start doing combinations, just to, to try and get to the end game quicker? What would you say? Yeah, what would you say? Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I've lifted weights off and on my whole life. I've been offered steroids a thousand times. You know what I mean? And in the back of my mind, even when I was younger, I'm like, I'm going to be the one out of, you know, a hundred steroid users that has a heart attack at 19 years old. You know what I mean? I was scared to try yeah. anything like that. Even to this day, you know, I have, I have, I know a guy that, uh, you know, he's on currently on testosterone replacement therapy and he's not very old. He's in his like uh, mid to late thirties. And he works with a couple younger guys that are real big and built strong and this and that and lean. Well, he's not, he's a strong guy, but he's not a muscular looking guy. He's just kind of like a, a hulky guy. And now he wants to start adding like, you know, Dynaball to his shots and all this stuff. Cause he wants to lean out and get stronger. And I just shake my head. I was like, dude, you're asking for a world of problems as you get older, you know? And for these young kids, you know, you know, they see the the big muscular guy or the ripped guy. Well, there there's a lot of parameters that go into that one. I'm not saying that all of them are are steroid users. You know what I mean? Pro bodybuilders, they all are. You you can't say you're not. But down the line, you know, you can see. You know, as these guys get older, they're probably going to be on testosterone therapy the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? They can have heart issues, kidney issues, liver issues. You know. It's, you know, if you're 290 pounds of ripped at, at 25 years old, well, guess what? You're not going to look like that when you're 50. You know what I mean? All that, taking all those, all those drugs to get that big, you know, it causes so much damage to your internal organs. It's insane. Now you'll have somebody who, who does it for 20 years and never has a side effect, you know, and they might die at, a, at say, like a reasonable age, but those are rare. You know what I mean? But a majority of them, they just have, uh, you know, lifetime health issues. Just, just stay away. It's not worth it. You know, it, it just really isn't. It, it's really not. And, and uh, folks, I could tell you this. Um, both, both Ron, the pharmacist, and Joe know an individual uh, th that I'm going to be talking about. Obviously, I'm not going to name people. Uh, and this is a long time ago. Uh, 1986, as a matter of fact, I was a junior in high school. If anybody's ever listened to the very beginning of Two Brothers, One Mike, I talk about being very skinny. Uh, if I was 130 pounds when we graduated high school, uh, that had to be soaking wet. Um, I was almost 5'9". I think I've shrunk three quarters of an inch or more <laughs> since high school. But uh, um and I was about 128 pounds, and uh, I just started my journey in working out and didn't know what I was doing. We had a solo flex. You can hear all about that in our very first uh, our very first episode on Two Brothers, One Mike, season one, episode one. And um, I had a buddy, uh, and uh, that we went to school with. He was a couple years older than, than both Ron the Pharmacist and myself. And I knew that he was doing something because he suddenly – started getting very strong and gained a lot of weight. And he too was pretty skinny growing up. And uh, I asked him, you know, what are you doing? One day when I was working out over his house and he, he told me, uh, you know, he was, he was taking anabolic steroids at that point in time. And, and so he started selling them and he gave me a bottle of Dynable. I think there were like little blue pills. There was 10 of them in the bottle. And he said to me, he, he gave me all the instructions on how to, I don't, I, he called it a cycle. I, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, I, it wasn't every day. I can't remember if it was like, take them on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I don't remember. And he gave me the bottle. He said, you don't owe me anything. Try it out. 
see how you are after one cycle, and then we'll go from there. I brought the bottle home. Joe and I had bunk beds. Yeah, I was a junior in high school. I still, I still, we still are in bunk beds. I'm on the top bunk. Our closet is across the room. And Joe, if you can remember in the closet, you could just open up the doors. There was a top shelf. That bottle was sitting on that top shelf. I didn't go to sleep that night. I stared at that bottle with that closet light on while Joe snored the entire night, <laughs> which used to cause us to get into fist fights in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning. That's for a different show. And I stared at that bottle and was going through everything in my head about would I be able to honestly walk away after taking one cycle? Because I did some reading. And now back then, folks, you couldn't just go on the computer and and check out, you know, what's going on in the internet. I know we had Joe, if you can remember, we have they were called Lincoln Libraries. They were encyclopedias. And and I, I opened them up and I looked up, you know, steroids, anabolic steroids. And I was reading about it. And I, what, from a vascular standpoint, because I was such a skinny guy, it wasn't going to take much time for me to look the part of somebody who was doing something a little bit different because I didn't have a whole lot of body fat on me. So the muscularity was going to show, the veins were going to show, the muscle was going to grow. And I thought to myself, if I started seeing this, am I really going to want to stop, especially at age 16, what are you trying to do? Try to impress the girls go to the festival and look good with your biceps and, and, and all that stuff. And I, I, I had a war going on in my head that entire night. And I'm glad that I'm very happy to say, folks, until this very day, I've never taken an anabolic steroid or anything even close to that nature. I gave that bottle back to him and he was very appreciative of my honesty. It wasn't like it hurt our friendship. We, till this day, are friends. No, he doesn't do that stuff anymore. He hasn't done that stuff in decades. Um, he got away from that kind of stuff. He too realized that it was not the road he wanted to travel. And and I got to tell you, folks, I, I I can only hope and pray that every kid who's faced with the situation I was faced with, uh, the, the results are the same. It's not worth it. It's not worth the strength gains. It's not worth the size gains. Uh, Ron, the pharmacist, just let you know everything that can happen to you as far as down the road with your liver, with your kidneys, with your heart. And and Ron, I know you you heard the episode, the last episode where I talked about a guy that I knew. And and again, we're not going to mention names. Uh, off the air, we'll, we'll talk. You may have remembered this guy. But, you know, I remember being in a group of people where he made the comment. Uh, everybody knew that he was on them. Let me put it to you this way, folks. This guy was so good at cycling his steroids, he had him in his refrigerator in alphabetical order and knew, and that's how he knew where everything was at. And again, this guy was every bit of 300 pounds, probably 6'4", huge, huge guy. And he uh, he died at a very young age. I don't even think he made the age of 30. And his goal, his goal was, and I said this in the last episode, when I die, I want them to have to custom make my coffin. And like I said in the last episode, I, I they may have had the he may have gotten his his dream. Um No thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk. You know, obviously this is not a show where we we do that kind of stuff where we call people out. And that's it's horrible that that happened to him because he was actually you know, he was a anybody that this happens to would be horrible, but he wasn't a bad guy at all. He was a good guy. He you know, you hear about you hear about steroids and you think, oh, you know, the rage and and all that. And, you know, he would he, this guy was not like that. He was not like that at all. He was very mild mannered, um, had a sense of arrogancy about him, but was not the kind of person that was, you know, abusive physically towards anybody and and would talk to you about anything. And he was an engineering at Youngstown State University, which at that point in time, I don't know about now. But Ron, you know, engineering and YSU, Youngstown State University, was equated with one of the top engineering schools in several different categories. I don't know if it was engineering overall or if it was materials um, or, or electrical engineering. I'm not sure if there was a specific program, but this guy was involved in the engineering program. He was a very smart individual with common sense zero. Uh, and that's <laughs> that's unfortunate, right? And that was a, yeah, and, and Joe, there was... There was another gentleman, when we talked about Lance Armstrong, you brought up somebody that I think everybody would know, and it's not like it's a secret because 
he became a huge advocate of of going and telling people about all the negative that can come with steroids, and he was the prime example. And who was that athlete you brought up? I just remember seeing the commercials, and it was like an apology as well as him putting it out there, uh, you know, trying to pretty much plead with people not to go down the path that he did, but it was Lyle Al- Alzado. Yeah. Uh, Lyle Alzado, who, um, you know, played for the Cleveland Browns. I, I know the Browns fans want to hear that, uh, but was more known as a, as a Raider. Uh, and that's where he won his Super Bowl. I don't know if he won one or two with the Raiders, uh, back in the days of Howie Long and Marcus Allen and Jim Plunkett. But, um, uh, I remember Lyle Alzado was an absolute maniac on the football field. Um, nobody wanted to mess with Lyle Alzado. Yeah, I mean, you you hear the stories when people talk about offensive linemen will tell you about the 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 exchanges uh, in between snaps or during getting ready for a snap. They would and his teammates would talk about his focus, his mentality, uh, his rage, and you see this man who was every bit of. I don't know, guys, six, six, three, uh, three, 300 pounds close to it. I mean, if you ask me, but not, not, not fat, not, he was a very muscular man. And then all of a sudden he was on TV, uh, in front of all those microphones, um, after it came out that he was suffering from, and I don't remember what, what was it? What was it that he, that, uh, he had after the steroid use? I believe he had a brain tumor, brain tumor. And he had a headband on, a bandana, and he may have been 150 pounds, 160 pounds. And I didn't even recognize him at first. I don't know, Ron, if you remember when when he uh, was suffering from that. It, and when he died, that was one of the saddest moments uh, in NFL history uh, because he realized, he could see truly, he realized the mistake he made. Uh, and, and that mistake, it was too late. So he, well, he was very desperate at reaching out to young people. He went on a crusade trying to get people to understand, um, that what this is that he has is a direct result of everything he did, uh, which he wishes he didn't do. Well, it's something else to keep in mind too, because we were young when this all happened. He was 43 years old, 43 years old. Yeah. Uh, there was, he, there, not only he, uh, but there was also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, third baseman for the San Diego Padres at one point, Ken Caminetti, uh, was a monster of a man for our baseball fans out there. Uh, his arm was a seven, which means, uh, straight rifle from third base to first base. I would not want to be playing first base when he was throwing the ball. Um, uh, I know they make it look easy, <laughs> but uh, it, it probably sounds like a whistling rocket coming at you when he's throwing it. And, and you know, you can't really say whether or not Ken was, was dude. That was the alleged reader. He died and uh, at a very young age, and that was what everybody alleges. Um, I don't know if he ever came out, Joe. Okay, did, 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 you, did you just look it up, or I don't know if you did or not? I was looking at Lyle Alzado, but I looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Look up Ken Caminetti and see what what it was. But but these professional athletes, it's amazing. Here's what's amazing to me: you get the ones who come. Uh, you know, it's too late for them, and, and these things happened. They they apologize. They try and go on a crusade to tell people, please stay away from this stuff. This is what happens. You can physically see it, but yet for some reason, people continue to do it. And that's where Ron, I think that's where the you talk about the human part of it. Uh, people yeah. are willing to go down that road uh, with, yeah. with SARMs, with EPOs, with DHEA, uh, with anabolic steroids. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, so it was confirmed that uh, he passed away from steroid abuse. And it actually was the case that blew open all of the steroid investigations in the MLB. Yeah, and and, and you know, people get mad sometimes. They say, and so this will get a little political. People say um, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't care about the steroid usage. He's one of the best baseball players ever. And I agree that 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 he's one of the best baseball players ever. Before he started taking steroids, 
when he was allegedly taking steroids. When he played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, he was already a multi, uh, multi, on a yearly basis, a Golden Glove winner uh, for his defensive play. He was the best Pittsburgh Pirate on a very good Pittsburgh Pirates team. Uh, several all-star appearances, almost took the Pirates to the World Series several times before going to the San Francisco Giants, where suddenly he became a monster of a man. And he was already hitting 30 to 40 home runs a year, and then all of a sudden he was hitting 70. Um, I, I, I think the problem is what I see there, guys, I see society saying, we accept the fact that people are doing things illegally in order to cheat and enhance their game. And that, that to me is a problem right there because I'd say this to people, folks, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're going to tell me that Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Ken, well, uh, I don't know, Ken, Ken passed away and that is, that's horrible, right? But all these people, um, um, uh, Rafael Palmero, um, even pitchers, even pitchers, uh, they, they were taking steroids, uh, if you're going to tell me that these guys, okay, are supposed to be in the Hall of Fame, don't tell me Pete Rose shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Because now you're telling me that I agree. I, now you're telling me that you got a guy, and yes, I'm a Pete Rose fan. He's my favorite player of all time. You got a guy who would run over a catcher in an all-star game to, so his team would win. Okay, that's the kind of guy there. So you got a guy who bet on his team to win. He didn't say, I'm going to bet on this team to lose, and then I'm going to throw the game. He said, I, here's, here's my money, and we're going to win. I'm betting on us to win. That, to me, is not is not a problem. It's just my <laughs> own personal opinion. Maybe it's cocky. Maybe it's arrogant. But when a dude says, I'm betting on the Cincinnati Reds to win, and we are going to win, I, I'm sorry. And you're not going to put him in the Hall of Fame? That's fine. Don't tell me Barry Bonds is going in the Hall of Fame and Mark McGuire and, and all these other guys. No, 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 no. That, uh, that's not how it works. I mean, that's just me. I agree. Yeah, that's bull. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that's my little political uh, statement of, of the <laughs> day. Uh, maybe we'll get some backlash for that joke because there's a lot of people that just jump on, you know. And, and again, I'm going to say it because sometimes people can't. Joe, we talk about the argument where people don't hear what you're saying because they're trying to get ready to get fired up and and give their own opinion. Listen to what I just said. Barry Bonds, even before the steroids, is not it's not even an argument. One of the greatest baseball players that ever played the game. By far, one of the greatest. So I don't even know why he thinks he needed to take steroids. Um, and then and then here's what happens too, as we wrap up today's show. Here's what happens also. What's once this guy takes steroids, Ron Zetz starts taking steroids. Now Joe says, well, that's, 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 that's my competition. That's my Larry Bird to Magic Johnson. And now Magic Johnson is taking steroids. Larry Bird says, uh, what am I going to do? How am I going to keep up with him? Now Larry Bird starts. So am, I, am I Larry Bird in this? Can I be Larry I, Bird in this? Yeah, you could be Larry Bird. I just don't want to be Magic Johnson. I'm just saying, okay. No, no, well, well, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so so I'll be Magic Johnson. All right? So uh, and in that situation, Dr. J steps in. And Dr. Winship. Spud Webb. <laughs> Spud, <laughs> Spud Webb, for those of you who don't know, is five foot four, but but one, an NBA dunk contest. Uh, at five foot four, um, so so Dr. J says now now I I got to stay up with these guys, and then once that happens, now Michael Jordan, here we go, Michael Jordan. I I know I know everybody I know. Calm down. Says now I got to stay up with these guys, and then LeBron James says, well now I have to stay up with these guys as I continue to trigger people left and right, uh, and, and so it it becomes this effect, and I think it happened in the bodybuilding. And when you talk about bodybuilding, I think it happened. I think first, you know, once this guy started, let's just say Franco Colombo was the very first guy to do it. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger says, guess what? I have to do it. And then Arnold says it. And then and then what happens, Joe? Then then Frank Zane says, well, I have to do it. Well, then Tom Platts, then Lee Labrada, then Jeff, you know, then Jeff Haney, then Ronnie Coleman. That, it just, the list goes on. Well, I, I think a perfect example there is between Arnold and uh, Lou Fregno. I mean, they were like, wasn't that the big, uh, the big competition? No, 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 no. Believe it or not, believe it or not, it wasn't even another bodybuilder. Arnold 
and Sly always had this friendly rivalry. Like, Big yeah, Sly. but I thought they went against each other for Mr. Olympia. Wasn't it Ar- Ar- Arnold and Lou Fregno? Fregno, oh, good- yeah. Well, I thought it was. Yeah. really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. I knew, I know that. Watch Olympia Olympia. Iron. Oh, is that where is that where you got that? That's 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 how I knew that. Yeah, I did not know that. I I know that that Sly and Arnold till this day still do like Instagram posts and stuff where they get on each other's constantly get on each other's cases. But I, they're like best friends. Um, uh, I did one of the funniest stories. I'm gonna just say real quick. Arnold, it got so bad the rivalry. Do you guys ever hear this one? Arnold actually had the role for Throw Mama from the Train. Uh, the movie that was a huge flop with Danny DeVito, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And he actually had the role, and him and Sly were always competing for roles. Well, Arnold could tell that the movie was going to be a flop, so he kind of like told Sly that he's going for that role. Sly went for the role. Arnold let him have it. The movie, <laughs> the movie became a flop. Then they talk. Sly talks about it all the time. Um, don't and don't so, stop or my mom will shoot. I think. Oh yeah, that, that one or what? Stop or my, it was, yeah, that was with the one golden girl. <laughs> was his mom? I don't know. It's throw throw from the throw mama. What was throw mama from the train? I don't remember that one. I was planes, uh, trains, and automobiles. John Candy. Or the movie. It's okay. Okay, never mind. There's our <laughs> '80s problem for tonight. But yeah, you know. So you know, the bottom line. All that aside, is we just go off the cuff now, uh, and and we lose from the pharmacist off into the. Off into the darkness. <laughs> uh, the least we can do is say, uh, the Joe, Joan, what, what is next week's show? How about we do that? Oh, we're not doing that anymore, are we? We're not, but I actually know this one time. So why not? Okay. Why not? So next week we're going to talk about complaining. Uh, actually, it is, well, not constant complaining. How did we put this? Chronic. If you're a chronic complainer yeah. uh, and how annoying that could be, how to deal with people who are chronic complainers. Maybe some different perspectives on dealing with them, preventing yourself from being one. So yeah. it should be a pretty good show. Nobody's ever. Can I have my? <laughs> Can I have my dad on this show? Then, <laughs> yeah, but have him listen. Have him listen in. Um, and and uh, obviously, I get the joke because I grew up basically <laughs> in that house. Um, so uh, that being said, I, I think that is going to be a fantastic show. We've already done it. Um, Kids out there, I think the bottom line is for today's show, if you can't accept the simple fact that you are going to only gain so much, you could push yourself to the limit, do it the right way with the proper eating. Supplementation is fine. Make sure you're looking at what it is you're taking. Make sure that you understand what it is what you're taking. Do your research and bust your butt in the gym. Bust your butt when it comes to nutrition. Bust your butt when it comes to whenever your game is you play. To, to understanding the skills and being motivated to find the right coaches to teach you that game. And, and, and it, it does come with some luck and some athletic ability as well, right? You have to have that that genuine DNA. It has to be in your genes, right? Um, when you have all that put together, you don't need to do all this other stuff to be the best you can be at whatever sport it is that you love. Because all this does is shorten your lifespan exponentially over time. And that's basically what we're trying to say today. Stay away from the PEDs. It does nothing but get you fined, uh, get you suspended, uh, and it kills you in the long run. So that's my take on that today. Stay away. Oh, what's that? Stay away. Stay away. From that stuff. Stay away. No point. But Joe, let's have our listeners stay away from us now and our viewers, and let's take us out of here for today. All right. Well, until next week, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or opinions, you can leave us a message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for new episodes. Now, on behalf of myself, Ron, the pharmacist, and Coach Tony, thanks for listening. Yeah, hey, we're going to have to... um because of daylight savings time, we have to change. <laughs> because this yeah. show went on so long, Ron's disappearing. I'm glowing all of a sudden. I'm in a whole other time zone over here because it's still it's still late outside for me. So yeah, it's still late outside for Joe. Somehow that makes no sense. That right? makes no sense. Yeah, he's probably. Looking- oh, I've, over, I've 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 confirmed it's a it's you know I'm all green screen over here. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> so uh, all right, yeah. guys.
been run. It's it's February twenty third and it's 70, 70 degrees in Youngstown, Ohio. So I I'm outside because the weather's nice. Plus I have two dogs. If I was in the house trying to do this, it would be out of control. So we're that's why right now. It's out of control. Yeah. We sprint. So <laughs> all right everybody, Ron the Pharmacist, thank you once again. We'll see him in the near future. Uh, I think we'll see him in the near future. All right, everybody, take care. We're out of here, Joe.